Has it not been an interesting morning already, right? <laughs> Rodney did a great job, though. Thanks, Rodney. That was awesome, man. Put him on the spot, and he's like, um, yeah, I can do that. No problem. Do it by myself. I don't need nobody else. <laughs> um, I, I start a new series today called um, A Study in Spiritual Gifts. And so I'm excited. This is one of my favorite times of year. We've talked into vision a little bit, and we're kind of gearing up for the year. We get to share what we sense and feel God is about to do. Some of the celebration of the things he's already done, but as we go, kind of go into this future, this, uh, this next year, what does that look like for us as a church? What does that look like for you? And you know, what's your part? How do you kind of fit into that? And so we're going to be talking about that. Um, spiritual gifts, I, I got saved into a Pentecostal denomination, but it was an interesting thing because it, it was actually overseas in Europe. Um, it was part of a, a group called Save Our Servicemen. It was a group of churches that the Church of God started around military bases, and they, got, they took guys who were retired military who also had a call into the ministry, and they would start a church just outside of a base, and they did it all over the world, and tons and tons and tons of people came to Jesus because it was beautiful. What was really interesting is we had kind of a hodgepodge of charismatics, Pentecostals, I mean, just about anybody you can imagine, but also just people who, you know, sometimes the base was super dry, the services were super dry, so they would come out to our services, um, but we actually saw God do some incredible, incredible things. We got saved into a revival. We didn't know that. You know, we just thought church was normal, that people just got saved all the time, that people just had supernatural encounters all the time, that the gifts and the ministry of the Holy Spirit worked all the time, that leaders were mature all the time, or most of the time. <laughs> and so we just, did, that's what we thought. And then when we, when we came back to the States and we attended some churches that were connected that were local churches nearby, they were not like that at all. And so we had a, a terrible surprise when we came back to the States. And that was part of our journey as well as going back after, Lord, what, you know, what are you doing in the church? How are you healing the church? What, you know, the, some of the problems and the challenges we have, how are you going to fix that? And so we began to uh, kind of put our hearts and our minds and our hearts into that in our lives. And so, Lord, we want to pursue how, not just for the church to be healthy, we realize for that to occur, I need to be healthy. Right? So if you want a healthy family, be a healthy dad, be a healthy mom. You know, that's the way your kids become healthy. Otherwise, whatever you are, you're just going to reproduce that, and they're going to have the same challenges you do, only probably in a more challenging culture as we kind of move forward. So as we talk about spiritual gifts, part of my challenge was only the spiritual gifts were 1 Corinthians 12, the manifestation gifts, and that was basically it. Anything outside of that, we don't talk about. You know, if there are other gifts, we don't care. <laughs> as long as you can do spiritual gifts, man, you're going to be awesome. So that wasn't entirely true, but that's kind of how it came across. And then as I studied Scripture more, I found out that spiritual gifts are way more than just the manifestation gifts that occur in uh, 1 Corinthians 12 and a few other places. <clears throat> There's way more to it than that. And so we want to talk a little bit about that as, as we journey into this, um, how God does what he does in the earth. I, I preached a serious one one time called, What on Earth is God Doing? <laughs> right? And I don't know if you ever feel that way, but especially right now with the culture and the turmoil that we have, you know, co coming out of COVID, um, all the stuff that's happening, it just feels like, you know, what's going on and what's my part in it? It feels like it's spiraling out of control and do I have any choice in this or am I just going to be sucked into the vortex of whatever our culture is going to do, right? So in some of that, we can't help it. Being part of a culture is a shared value system. Um, we're going to get drawn into some of those things if we're not careful. But part of what we do as believers is we swim against the stream, right? We are counterculture, and, and, and what's really interesting is we're counterculture for the culture, right? It's like we don't want to just be against the culture. We want to be uh, for God and what he's doing and for maturity and for health and wholeness. And from that, 
we actually get to be part of the solution to the problem. Because I don't know about you, but I've, I've been there trying to make sense of everything. It's like, you know, work and, and, and kids and, you know, and the pressure of got to work so much. And then now it's like two parent, I mean, uh, two working families, two uh, uh, spouse and yourself working just to try to make ends meet. I mean, you know, it's just really, really, really challenging. And so the, the question really is, have you ever felt like that? You ever felt like you're overwhelmed, that you, that you are being drawn along, as it were, as opposed to, you know, feeling like you have any kind of control? You know, I, I think some, some aspect of control is a lie anyway. But, I mean, you just feel like it's out of control. I don't know about you. I've felt that a lot, especially lately. And so part of what these spiritual gifts are, are the answers to culture's dilemma. They're the answers to our problems because it's the way Jesus works into his church and through his church into the world. I've shared this many times about if, if it was just about you getting right with God, then the day you got saved, you're done. There's no need for you to be here. Why are you still here? Let's send you to heaven, right? So there's no reason for you to hang around. But we all know that when we're born again, we're born again as a baby Christian, right? And then as we mature, what we discover is that, first of all, life is not all about me, right? Although a bunch of it is about me. Like, God loves me, and he wants to pour his goodness and his kindness into my life. Um, we were just singing, he's a good, good father. You know, and I, and I love that. That's who he is. And then, then the second part of that I love, sometimes controversial in the church, it says, um, you know, and I'm loved by you, that's who I am. So my identity, literally, scripturally, is formed out of how much God loves me, right? From the foundations before time exists, the Bible says that, you know, there's going to be a lamb that's slain before the foundation of time. So we knew that a way was coming where God could put us back in a relationship. We were going to mess it up. He was going to put us back in a relationship. But what does that mean? Is it just about feeling clean? Is it just about feeling good? Is it just about looking down my nose at my younger brother who's out partying and spending his inheritance the wrong way, right? Where he should be working in the field like I am. <laughs> you have to be careful with that. So, so how do you fit into this? What's, what's your role in what God is doing in the earth, right? And that's what we're going to talk about in these spiritual gifts. There's basically three types of gifts you, you find in the Bible. The first one is called the fivefold gifts. Um, about the last 20 or 30 years, there's been a restoration of the fivefold gifts. Because I don't know if you know this, if you grew up in church, the fivefold gifts were the threefold gifts. They were pastor, teacher, and evangelist. And if anybody said anything about apostle or prophet, you know, those are in the Old Testament. And a few of them are in the New Testament, but we don't talk about that, right? So when I was, when I was in Bible college, I went to an Assemblies of God Bible college. And when I was in Bible college, there was a paper that came out by the denomination that says, we accept pastor and teacher evangelists as offices of the church. We do not accept uh, apostle and prophet, although you can be apostolic and prophetic. And I was like, dude, I don't know who you got to write that paper, but they're an idiot because that's literally a contradiction, a logical contradiction, because if you're going to be a teacher, you can teach, right? If you're going to be an evangelist, you can evangelize, and if you're going to pastor, right, you can pastor. That's your pastoral. That's how that works. And so you see the fivefold ministry gifts, those last two, begin to be restored across the body of Christ in the last 30 years. Now, some of that's new to you guys, and we're going to talk about a what that looks like in some ways. One of the big challenges, especially the word apostle, because, you know, Paul's an apostle, and you ain't no Paul, right? Well, Philip was an evangelist. <laughs> See what I'm saying? So if we're not careful, we put those guys in the early church on a pedestal and realize that those were callings, those were giftings, and that they could be immature. Paul literally ran a guy on his team, John Mark, the guy who wrote the Gospel of Mark, literally ran him off the team and made him go home crying. 
Okay, so John Mark's a pretty tough guy. He, he withstood the test of, of persecution, wrote the gospel of Mark. He was a pretty amazing guy. And later on in the scripture, you see about 15 years later, Paul sends a message in just tiny little parenthetical phrase that said, send John Mark, I have need of him. In other words, somewhere in that 15 years where Paul, maybe he was right, I don't know, but he ran John Mark, he literally caused a guy on his team to quit right? <laughs> 15 years later, he brings him back on team, and he recognizes he's back on team. And somewhere in that process, the apostle Paul learned something, and he grew in maturity. So there's five-fold gifts, not just the three-folds. So we're going to get into that. They're from Jesus. Ephesians 4 talks about Jesus. Uh, it says, in, in, in Jesus gave gifts to men, right? He gave gifts to the church. And all of these five-fold ministry gifts are are from Jesus. And they're given to some, not everybody is a five-fold minister, pastor, teacher, evangelist, um, uh, what am I missing, prophet, apostle. Not all of those, not everybody will be one of those. Those are very specific gifts. They're not special and better than anybody else. Has nothing to do with value, right? Has nothing to do, it's not a value proposition. It's just a role that people play. So some people are going to be elders in a church. Not everybody's going to be an elder. Elder's not a hierarchy. It just says if you're going to be an elder, be a mature believer. That's it, right? So the fivefold ministry gifts, they're given to some, not all. And then the manifestation gifts, those were the ones we learned about in charismatic Pentecostal circles. They're from the Holy Spirit, obviously. Uh, we see that, um, that they're given the same spirit works all in all, it says in 1 Corinthians 12. They're available to all. What does that mean? We're not going to get into all this too deeply because we're going to go after the next set in just a second. But I just want to mention this. When the gifts work, when we come together in a service like Sunday morning, the church is meeting here, right? And so you guys are the church. This building's not the church. It's just a place where the church meets. We could meet in, in a Walmart parking lot and Jesus would still be there, right? The Bible says where two or more gathered, he would be among us, right? He would work among us. But you can have Jesus just by yourself. So what's the two or more about? And it's this, the manifestation gifts. When you begin to get a group of believers together, there's, there are manifestation gifts that are available to work into the body. So what that looks like on a Sunday morning for our services, we have a microphone down here. We don't talk about this all the time, but we need to mention it more to remind you that you, you have a gift. Manifestation gift begins to work on you. You have a word of knowledge. You have a word of wisdom. You have a prophecy. You know, whatever one of those nine gifts start working inside of you, come to the front, share that with an elder who's overseeing the service. He's, he or she is responsible for making sure we administrate what the Holy Spirit is doing among us that morning, right? There's always a leader. Should always be a leader. I always love it when people go, uh, we were in a service together and there was no leader. I'm like, yes, there was a leader. <laughs> it just wasn't you right? So there's always a leader present, whether you know it or not. And so they're responsible for saying, hey, is that manifestation gift supposed to just be for you, or is that actually for the body? So God, what he does oftentimes just practically is as we're in worship, as we give ourselves to the, to the ministry of the Lord, and we say, God, work in me, work through me, all of a sudden it's almost like they're like these little fires that light up. It's like we're all sitting on top of a, a stove, and you know, and the, and the pilot light is working, and it's just on simmer. Everything is on simmer, and you're feeling the presence of God. And at any moment, God could turn that thing up to a boil, and that gift begins to flow up inside of you, and you're like, oh, this is more than just worship. This is God working through me and wanting to do this, right? Right? And so we, we, we operate with a microphone on Sunday mornings so we can have you share that. But if you're afraid to do that or, you know, it's, I'm, not, I'm not good at this, I wanna, I'm still learning, we will share that for you. 
it's not about you getting the glory or you getting in front of people. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just about God working among us through the body gifts, right? And that's what these manifestation gifts are, are like. And they're available to everybody. That means all of them are available to all of you at any given time. But the Bible says that he works severally as he wills. Small group's a great place for that to happen. You know, it's a great um, safe space because people love you. You can stand up. You can try gifts. You know, whoever the leader is of that small group, you guys can work together. You can try it. If you get it wrong, no big deal, right? The adjustment's quick and easy to make. We had a friend who felt like God wanted him to heal some guy's leg, and he walked up and prayed for the guy. He said, I feel like God wants to heal your leg. And he said, well, that's interesting because it's wooden. <laughs> so he had an artificial leg. And so he said, that threw me off, man. He goes, but then I went back and thought, well, maybe God was wanting to give him a new leg. I'm like, I don't know, but that's going to be in my story from, from here on. I want to tell that to every church I ever go to because he at least tried. He's, he's leaning out, trying to see if God will work through what he's doing. And oftentimes we see that we go to a restaurant, we'll pray, Lord, do you have anything you want to say to this to this person who is waiting on our table, right? Because we're going to have some interaction with them. Do you have anything from us through a gift that you would like to do? And oftentimes there'll be a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom. At one point, I felt like we were sitting at this restaurant, and, and this lady who was waiting on us, I felt like that she had a heart for the underdog and that, um, that God was going to honor that. And so I'm like, oh, that's kind of specific. So, you know, sometimes we ask some questions, and I said, hey, as you were kind of waiting on our table, this is a practical way to do it. I said, as you were waiting on our table, I just felt like God said that you love the underdog, and specifically, that especially unwed mothers. Does that make sense to you? And she instantly starts crying. She said, I'm the manager here with short staff, so I'm waiting tables. But she said, I'm the manager, and she said, we have three ladies in our, our staff that are unwed mothers, and I have a heart for them, but, but our, our management says you can't do anything. You can't be in relationship with them because, you know, staff and, and, and uh, waitress, right, or clergy and laity, right, clergy and, and laity, right? <laughs> Again, these silly things. And I just told her, I said, I don't know about all that. I just, I think God wants to honor you and, and tell you that's, that's a good thing and you should pursue it. She said, man, that's, that's given me a lot to think about. Thank you. And she's crying. That's a, a perfect way that the manifestation gifts work. They're available to all at any given time. So step into those. And the last one is their grace gifts. And this is what we're going to talk about, finish the rest of the service out with these. Grace gifts are from the Father. You know, the holy, uh, fivefold ministry gifts are from Jesus specifically. You see, the manifestation gifts are a ministry of the, of, of the Holy Spirit. And lastly, the grace gifts come from the Father. And part of the way that works, a grace gift would be what you are, okay? So you, somebody ever say, man, you are so hospitable. Man, every time I come to your house, I just feel so welcome. You probably have the gift of hospitality, right? From, in my version, my aunt said to me one time we were on a trip when I was eight years old, does he ever, he, she said this to my mom, does he ever shut up? And my mom said, no, he never does, ever, actually, ever. And it hurt my feelings, but that was the gift of speaking, right, which is one of the grace gifts. God made me to do that. I was just immature and using it to be all about Dave. And if I'm honest, sometimes I still do that, and I have to catch myself and go, okay, Dave, everybody loves you. You don't have to prove it, okay? <laughs> right? you, don't have to, you don't have to beg them for it. So grace gifts are who you are, how God made you. It manifests coming out. If you have a leadership gift, when you're little, you run the toddler gang. You know what I'm saying? And as you get older, maybe you stop using the leadership gift just for you, and maybe you lead in sports. Maybe you lead in, in certain studies. Maybe you lead in organizations. Maybe you grow up and you become a leader in the military. Whatever that leadership gift, it begins to manifest in your life because it is who God made you to be, right? And so why is this important? 
It's important, part of all, partly because this is the way God made you, and for you to fight against this is silliness, so, so stop doing that. Embrace who God made you, become mature at it, walk in maturity in that gift, get better at it, understand that it's not just for you, it's for you, right? So you use it all, if you have a leadership gift, it'll, it'll, it'll help you, right? It'll help you go places, but it's not just for you, it's in service to others, we're going to get into that. So the thing about grace gifts is everybody has them. Every single person in this room, you have more than one grace gift. I've never met somebody with just one grace gift. You have multiple grace gifts, right? Some are bigger than others. You just have to figure that out. And one way that you're helped by that, oftentimes people are frustrated with you because if your gift is acting in maturity, they'll point it out, but they'll tell you it's bad, right? It's kind of like we have friends um, and, and their, their family will say to them, if they start telling jokes or being funny or being out in front, kind of being that, that taking up all the oxygen in the room, they'll say, don't encourage them. You know, you start laughing at their jokes. Don't encourage them. Yes, encourage them. Just don't encourage them to be immature, right? Encourage them to be mature in that gifting because that's what God's designed us for. So we're going to go after some common threads in the grace gifts. The first one is simple. It's the unity of the body is always a priority in God. So here, here's how we know this. This is Romans 12, 5. Um, it says, so in Christ, we who are many form one body. So the, the, the idea behind your gifts and serving in all of these gifts, but especially the grace gifts, is that it brings unity to the body. If your leadership gift is taking the body in two or three different directions because you can't agree with the other leaders of the church, your leadership gift is out of line. It's actually not your gift is out of line. You are out of line with your gift. Does that make sense? So Unity is super important. Another one is Romans 12.10. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. That's why we, one of the reasons we have a microphone down here, when someone comes up and says, I feel like God is saying this, our decision as an eldership team is we've been praying into this ministry this week, this Sunday morning for, for the whole week. For you know, We're always going, Lord, what are you saying and how do we administrate that? And so our job is to try to get this right and say, is this gift for the body or just for that person? And sometimes we'll share with them. we we'll say, hey, I really feel like that's just for you, but thank you. you know, keep doing this and keep asking the question, is this for me or is this for the whole body? Because when you hit it, and you get it right, there's something you feel that you have now contributed to what God was doing in that meeting or in that group. So um, honor one another above yourselves. Oftentimes people get up in an immature setting, and they'll share what the Lord is saying to them, but they'll share mostly about how the Lord said it to them and not what he actually said. You ever been in one of those meetings? They get up and they say something along the lines, um, my name's Dave. <laughs> I want you to know who I am. Um, and, and the Lord woke me up at 3 o'clock uh, this morning as he often does, <laughs> right? So they, before long, you're like, okay, would you just get to what it is that you're trying to say, right? We feel like God is saying. But part of it is in their insecurity, they make it about the fact that God talked to them. And that's awesome. We love it. But God talks to all of us, right? And so preferring one person, preferring one over the other is to say, hey, God, I want to submit this gift. And in grace gifts, that means submitting that gift, who God called you to be, to the service of the body at large, right? And so we're going to get into that. So it's given for service to others. That's the next thing, and this is Ephesians 4.16. It says, from him, being Jesus, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love, right? As each part does its work. So here's the thing. As you do what God's called you to do, the Bible says what happens is the whole body then builds itself. It's a constant progression of building itself up in love, and that means more forgiveness, that means more encounter with the Lord, that means more of a sense of purpose and destiny, because we encourage one another. 
what encourage means is to give courage to someone who doesn't, doesn't have it, right? So to enable is to make someone able when they weren't able before. So part of encouragement is to give encouragement to one another. So when you see someone operating in the things of God or you see someone operating outside of selfishness into selflessness for the service of others, say something to them. Remind the people who work with our kids. If you're a parent here, go back there and go, thank you. Thank you so much for taking care of my kids so I could focus this morning on, this, on the service. Thank you. And part of that is that's their heart and their love is to work with kids. So they're going to do that. There's a grace calling on their lives to work with, young, with kids and a passion to do that, and we love it, but we also don't want to take it for granted because we serve one another with these gifts. This is another one. This is 1 Peter 4.10, one of my favorites. It says, each one. That means everybody has these grace gifts and should use them. Each one should use whatever gift he's received to serve others. The gift that God has given you is not just for you, even though it is for you. But if you're selfish with your gift, you don't understand the reason Jesus came. Jesus came and laid his life down for the service of others. And if we're his disciples, I'm pretty sure we're going to do that as well. Um, It goes on, it says, to faithfully administer God's grace in its various forms. In other words, when we as a body grow ourselves up in love, what we're saying is, I'm contributing my part to this. So everybody's not Rodney. I love Rodney. Rodney leads us in worship, and he's got some skills with the guitar and all those wonderful things. He's got a beautiful voice. But his character is important too, right? So when he comes up here, if he makes it all about Rodney, I'm picking on you, Rodney. If he makes it all about Rodney, then all of us are going, uh, Rodney, you, we should talk. We should have coffee because, you know, yes, you're amazing, but you don't have to tell us every Sunday. <laughs> now, he doesn't do that, which is one of the reasons why we're so excited that he's, he finds his place in our body because Rodney and, and his wife have been here less than a year. And he's leading worship with us. Well, we're not in a hurry to do that, but we're also not in a hurry not to recognize who God made him to be and give him room to grow and to to serve us because when he does that, his service to you as we lead worship, distractions begin to go away. Our production team back there, making sure that all this stuff up here works really, really well. And it doesn't always, technology doesn't always work with them. Sometimes they have to fight technology and throw it to the ground and make it submit so that we all don't get distracted on a Sunday morning, right? And so, I know, so we're thankful for those guys. But we hide them back there. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) We just put them in a sound booth back there. But so often, you don't see them. But the stuff that they do, you're being served by them every single week. With Rodney, with our eldership team, with the people who serve your kids, with the people who greet you at the front door when you've got a sourpuss face on your, you know, look on your face, and you're coming in and you're mad because you fought with your wife all the way to church, and they say, hey, we're so glad you're here. And you're like, if you only knew. And then they're like, we're, we're still so glad you're here. You know, <laughs> Get over yourself and come into what God is doing. Those people change our lives sometimes, right? Loretta, we, we challenge Loretta sometimes. I don't think she's here this morning, but Loretta, Loretta's been one of our greeters for the, I know, for the past 12 years since I've been here, and she hugs everybody, and not everybody wants to be hugged. Some of you guys are weirdos, and you don't like physical affection, right? But she will wear you down. (laughs) And there's something about getting hugged by Loretta that you know you've been hugged, because there's something in her that she loves people. And so we put her at the front door. Does that work 100% of the time? Does sometimes people like, man, that was really awkward. I, I didn't really need you to do that. That's true sometimes. We all have messed up in our gift, and we're not always 100% on our gift, but I'm telling you, 99.9% of the time, you needed hugging. <laughs> okay? <laughs> so it's important. That we do this because we serve one another, and it, and it takes showing up. You can't, you can't serve one another on a Sunday morning if you're not here. You can't serve one another in, in small groups if you're not here. You, you can't serve on grace teams if you're not here. So I want to encourage you to serve one another. The other thing is that we ref, it reflects the nature of God. Every gift 
reflects the nature of God. This is how you can tell you're doing it wrong, okay, and how you can tell you're doing it right. Ephesians 4, uh, it says to prepare. This is about uh, what the fivefold ministry gifts do, but it's in any gift. It says to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith. So there's that growing up and, and becoming uh, um, faithful in it. In the knowledge of the Son of God, and we become mature, right? Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So there's this aspect that your gift should grow. If you have a gift of leadership, get better at leading, right? Not just the world's version of leadership, but God's version of leadership. If you're good at speaking, get better at speaking. Learn how to do it better, right? If you work with kids, learn how to work with kids and and build your skill set. Just get better at it. Um, here's the grace gifts. I'm going to throw a bunch of these up here. So you've seen these probably. They're all over the Bible, especially the New Testament. Romans 12, 6 through 8 talks about them. Uh, prophesying, serving, teaching, encouraging, giving, leadership, mercy. So just take a second and look and go, am I in that? I mean, do I, prof- do I even know what prophesying is? If not, figure that out. Because if you have that gift and you don't know it, it's going to be awkward sometimes, right? Serving. Some people literally just have the gift of serving that they don't care how they serve. Just serving people is the gift. And those people are amazing. Man, so many of our deacons have that gift as part of their, their makeup. Teaching. I, that's something I'm doing, but maybe you can teach. Maybe you teach differently than me. Maybe you want to teach. Maybe your passion is young people. Maybe it's youth. Man, if I could just teach young people how to get a hold of their identity. Whatever your version of that is, maybe you like to show more videos. Dave loves to, Dave Woodham loves to show videos and, and pull excerpts out of movies in the media of the day. I don't do that often, but I think about it. But he's really, really good at teaching that way, right? He's really good at practical <laughs> application that sometimes I miss because I'm really good at building foundations. My sense is if you've got the foundation, you'll figure it out. Go do it, right? <laughs> but sometimes it's helpful to be told some practical examples. What about encouraging? Do you, do you, when you see somebody who is downcast, does your heart Go, go to that person and go, man, I, I've got to make them smile. I've got to lift them up. Maybe that gift is, is in you, and, and I don't know about you, but I've, I've been discouraged, and I've been encouraged, and I like encouraged a whole lot more, right, don't you? And so it's powerful. Giving. If you have the gift of giving, listen, everybody needs to give. I do not have the gift of mercy. Some of you guys are going, we know that, Dave. It is super obvious, right, in your life. Um, when I score on a, on a spiritual gifts test, 1 to 15, I usually score a 3 or under. Three, I'm, I'm trying to build it up, right? I'm like, I got to get better at that gift, Lord. But I don't have that gift, so to speak, in, in compared to all the other gifts. It does not absolve me from the responsibility of showing mercy. It's just harder for me. Some of you guys, it's so easy to show mercy, but you know what may be hard for you is, is to tell pers- the person they need to get up off their butt and do what God told them to do. I am super gifted in that. Right? So much so that I have to pray ahead of time and go, Lord, is this a butt kicking that they've been needing for a long time, or should I show mercy? And God says, I want you to show mercy. I'm like, oh, man, I got I to gotta work at it now. The other part, I could have just had coffee with you, right? But the same thing is true with giving. Everybody is supposed to give. All of us are called to give. Everybody is supposed to give financially, I mean, specifically. But some people are super gifted in giving, and usually God makes sure they have a lot to give, so they make a lot of money. So a lot of wealthy people have the gift of giving, and maybe they're stingy, maybe their character's off if they're not a believer. That's why, you know, they have so much money. God's like, hey, I want to give you a bunch of money because I want to bless people. And they're like, no, I want to bless me and have more stuff for me, right? But we could do that with encouragement. We could do that with prophesying. We can do that with leadership. I can lead myself, and I could care less about the rest of you guys, right? 
because you're hard to lead sometimes. Let's be honest, because maybe you don't have a leadership gift. Turns out, that's why I do. See how that works? So you, we are here to serve one another. We're here to pour out these gifts. Um, leadership, mercy, the, the powerful gifts. Romans 12 just talks about it, that each, it says, we have differing gifts according to the grace given to each of us. In other words, every single one of us have one of these gifts, multiple of these gifts usually. It says to do it in accordance with your faith. If you have the gift of prophesying specifically, the Lord says, the Bible says, prophesy according to your faith. What does that mean? That means you can say, you know what, I feel like God says he loves you. Well, duh, the Bible says that all over the place. That's the logos. The rhema, oftentimes, which is used in prophetic, is what's the word of the Lord over this person now? Part of that is getting super specific. I've been praying for this myself. Lord, I want to get specific. When I pray for someone, I would love to work in words of knowledge, and I would love to prophesy with a greater measure of faith, right? And so we, we have to grow in our faith for that. First Peter 4 is another list, uh, a couple of them there, hospitality and speaking. If you come to my house you will not be lacking in hospitality. My wife will make sure that you have something to drink. Um, when she puts the coffee out, there will be 18 different versions of sweetener available to you, right? There will be 10 different milks that you put in there, including coconut and almond milk, which I have no idea how you milk a coconut or an almond, but they will be available to you to put in your coffee. Oh, yeah, by the way, if you're not liking coffee, that's okay. We have tea as well, right? Because she has the gift of hospitality in spades, in spades. It's so powerful. There, I, if you come over to my house and I'm the one serving you, you're like, hey, Dave, um, do you have milk? I'm like, yeah, we got tons of milk, but I'll have to go get it for you because I didn't think about putting it out. Um, do you have anything to sweeten my coffee with? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Here's some. Can I have a spoon? <laughs> like, like, would you like a cup? Good Lord, man, drink it out of the pot. What's your problem? I, I, I have, I'm joking. I have some hospitality gift. It's not like mercy. It's a little bit higher. But if I'm honest, most of my hospitality gifts gift comes from hanging out with Karen. <laughs> she makes me better. But that gift, man, it is so powerful because it makes you feel welcome. Most people who serve on our, our greeting team have the gift of hospitality. So they will make you feel welcome in this house, right? If you go to their house, I promise you, you're going to like there. If you go to a small group at their house, people who love to host small groups but don't want to lead them usually have the gift of hospitality. That's just a way to look at it. The other one is speaking. That Again, <laughs> I do this. You don't have to preach and teach from Scripture. You could teach in a school. You could teach in, in a business setting. It's just a gift. You could teach in the military. It's just a gift of teaching. You can take complicated things and make them simple and help people take this concept that they already know and tie it to a concept they don't know. It's powerful. And some people have this gift. And if you ever find a teacher in any aspect of your life, make them, as if they're mature in any sense, make them a mentor. <laughs> don't, don't ask them if they'll mentor you. Just make them a mentor. Just keep showing up around them all the time. And eventually they'll, they'll teach you something, right? It's just a way to look into it. Another list is 1 Corinthians 12, 28. Uh, helps and administration. We mentioned helps before. It's just I can serve and I can bring my help to anybody in any form, in any fashion. Administration is amazing. Uh, Beth uh, Godwin, who was our administrator, she's, she's uh, lay, some of you guys know her, she, she was around for a long time, but the past couple of years she had a stroke, and she's been bedridden, she's growing, she's getting better, she's learned some new phrases, it's, she's just coming back, it's, she's 99%, uh, um, she should have died, 1% she should have lived, and she's lived, and she's growing, she's starting to come back. So we're trusting the Lord, beginning, you know, it's a beginning process, but it's a trust. One of the greatest gifts of administration I've ever seen in my life. It's phenomenal. I'm just like... Beth, we're thinking about doing this, and her mind would administrate, and every one of you guys would get a phone call during the week. Y'all remember? Like, hey, we need to move the chairs around. 
Like, I would show up and there'd be 400 people. There'd be people not even part of our church helping us move chairs. I'm like, how did that happen? Beth's like, I administrated it. That's what I do, right? She could do it with her hands tied behind her back. But I, I, I can administrate. I have some of that gift, but I'm not great at it. But having administration allows us to, to do things really, really well. It, you come together and you're like, man, Beth made that easy for us. Man, when we put the chairs together, wow, that was so simple. Why? Because she had the gift of administration that made things work smoothly. This gift is a powerful gift in, in the in the the original language is really interesting. It's the person who steers the ship, but not the captain. Isn't that interesting? And that person was usually the person who was responsible for making the ship run and get from this destination to that destination, but the captain of the ship is the one who determined the destination. He would make the tough decisions about sailing into a storm or out around a storm, but whatever decision was made, that administrator made sure that that ship function perfectly to accomplish the direction that that, that that captain had led it into. Powerful, powerful gift. First Corinthians 7, some of you single guys are going to love this, um, the gift of celibacy. <laughs> I'm going to read this one because this one's a tough one. It says, I wish, this is Paul, First Corinthians 7, I wish that all of you were as I am. In other words, single. That's the, the inference from the scripture. Whole, I, I want to be careful. Whole Christian organizations have turned this into to serve as a leader in the church, you must be celibate. There's the old joke, you know, in the, when, <laughs> when uh, the celibate pastor, I'll say it that way, is uh, listening to the worship team, and he's like, celebrate? It's celebrate? <laughs> celebrate, Jesus, celebrate. It's like, it's not celibate. I thought it was celibate. That's why I went into the ministry, you know, right? The whole idea behind this is you, if you're not called into the gift of celibacy, it's okay if you don't want to be single. But if you're called into being celibate, you will say like Paul said, hey, you know what? I wish every one of you guys were like me. Peter was not celibate, right? And one of the organizations that made him, you know, the big dog, <laughs> totally missed that. I'm like, how did you guys miss that Paul was, it's a whole other story. But listen, this is why he says in the very next passage, because it's important, if you don't have the gift, stop acting like you have the gift. Okay, if you're, if you're single, quit asking. If you don't want to be single, quit asking God, God, have you called me to be celibate? You'll know, right? You'll know because you'll have that struggle and God will have said, you know what? I would really like you to be like Paul and focus entirely on me. I don't want you to get married. And if that's the case, he will give you the strength for that gift. That's the way these gifts work, right? But listen to what he says in the very next uh, phrase. He says, but each of you has your own gift from God. I wish everybody was like me, but every one of you has a different gift and that's okay. Not everybody's gonna be like me. Sometimes in leadership, I get mad at people who don't move quickly, right? I used to. I don't anymore. But I used to because I was like, well, why don't they see? I don't understand why they don't see. And God told me one time, it's because I made you with the ability to see. That's the whole point of being a leader is you can take somewhere, someone somewhere that they would not normally go. Why? Because you can see to go there. Why? Because that's a gift from me. Stop being arrogant about it, right? And lean in and remember this gift was given to serve other people. If you are constantly encouraging people, don't get discouraged because you're an encourager, <laughs> right? Remember that your gift is powerful and you stay encouraged. Stay into the word of God and understand who, what he's doing in your life so you can stay encouraged. Why? Because it's your gift to other people to encourage them. Exodus, this is interesting because this one's in the Old Testament. How's everybody doing so far? Everybody good? Is this, is this helpful? Some of you guys are looking at me like, I've, like a cow with a new gate. You've never heard any of this before. Most of you, if you've been a believer, you have. This is in Exodus. This is the Old Testament. This is uh, Exodus 31. I just want to read it. 
Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Ur, the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills. Isn't that an interesting phrase? And it goes on, to make artistic designs. So if you're creative, you're welcome. That's a gift from God, right? You drive the rest of us crazy because you can't get your crap together, right? If you're creative, generally, <laughs> you, you drive us crazy. But if you weren't creative, we would be the most boring human beings on the planet, wouldn't we? Creativity is one of the most amazing things in the world. The songs that we sing, that are written, the poetry, the, the, I mean, just the creative, the artists we have. I mean, the creative aspect of this, creative solutions in business, it's not just painting and writing and poems. It's creative thinking. There's so much of this that we miss that we don't embrace in God. If you're creative, thank God for you. We need more of you in our lives. We really, really do. It goes on, it says, to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, so even jewelry, right? To work in wood and to engage in all kinds of crafts. So if you like crafting, you're welcome. God made you that way. Alta Beagle in our church loves to, to do crafting. And, she's, and, and I love, she just sent me a card saying thank you. I visited them recently and we talked for a while and she sent me a thank you card that was literally 3D. I mean, I can't even, if you've received anything from Alta, you know what I'm talking about. But it just makes me smile every time, every time we ever get something for her because she puts so much time and effort and energy and that crafting, that thing that she does, she's good at it. What we're saying is how do we release that in her in other ways, in leadership, in ministry, in speaking, and all the other gifts that she might have. We, we're interested in that. So as we kind of wrap this up, this is really important. If you haven't heard any of this the whole time or anything else, listen to this. This is 1 Peter 14, 14. Everybody has these gifts, right? It says each one, each one should use whatever gift he has received or she has received. Every one of us have received gifts. You should use them. You should faithfully administer them. And why is this important? Because so often we don't. This is a... This is a 1 Timothy 4.14, it says, do not neglect your gift. Hear that? Let me say it again. Do not neglect your gift. Stop worrying about everybody else's gift. <laughs> Don't neglect your gift. Do you know what your gift is? We're going to talk about how you can know that in just a second. It says, do not neglect your gift, which was given to you. It was a gift to you. You didn't earn it. It's a gift to you, but it's not just for you. It's for others as well. It says, it was through a prophetic message with the body of elders laid their hands on you. There's a spiritual, a spiritual thing that occurred in the gift. He's talking about the gift here that Timothy received. Some of it was a gift he had received when he was born with it. And he was, Paul was saying to him, stop neglecting this incredible gift. But I'm not worthy. Shut up with the worthy thing. Go read the Bible. You'll find out you're worthy. Not because you're worthy, but because Jesus made you worthy, which means you're worthy. It's challenging, I know. But grace is powerful. So stop using that, that excuse, I can't do it. I'm not as good as anybody else. Stop it. Just stop. Don't make excuses. Just begin to lean in. Ask for help about how to work in this and grow in this, and God will do it. Because the next thing it says is to fan it into flame. In other words, your gift can begin to dwindle. Circumstances in life, depression, sickness, time where you've heard a promise from the Lord and you haven't seen it yet, all of those things will begin to wear down on you to the point where the, the, the gift that was fanned into flame at one point is now just this little simmer like we talked about the manifestation gifts. And God wants to crank that thing up. But here's what's interesting. God's not going to do it. He'll do it with the manifestation gifts because it's available to all, right? And it's severally as he wills. The grace gifts aren't like that. Listen to what it says. 
For this means, uh, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. I challenge you to fan into flame this gift. Where do you use it? You can use it for work. Every one of you guys use your gifts in work, right? But how many of you guys get 100% satisfaction out of your job? You can raise your hand if you want to because I know the answer to that one. If you do, you don't understand your job, <laughs> right? Because it's challenging. It's challenging. It's not always going to be like that. But one of the places we're, we're called to use this gift is in the body with one another. And, and, and as we serve one another, as we fan our gifts in the flame, when you show up for Sunday morning, this is how I know somebody's not mature. When they come to me and we say, oh, Dave, I'm not sure I like this church because we're not getting so much out of it. I'm like, you obviously don't understand church. Now, don't get me wrong. I can get better at teaching, right? I can get better at speaking, and I should. But at some point, how much do you need to actually get busy doing what God's called you to do? I love it when people say, Dave, I've been serving a lot lately. You, you just don't understand how it is. I'm like, yeah, I have no idea. I preach every single week, almost every single week, and have been for the last 30-something years. I have no idea what you're talking about when it comes to commitment and showing up on Sunday. <laughs> I preached one time right after I broke my ankle, and I told the doctor, I said, listen, I need drugs, but not too many drugs because, well, I have to preach something super important on Sunday, and I want it to be from God and not somewhere else, <laughs> right? And so I literally preached here with my foot up like this sitting down there, and I didn't want to, but it was so important because my gift wasn't there for me. It was there to serve the body, and it was an important message, and I need to preach it. So, again, it's not about me. It's just that I, I realize that God will get me through it. Whatever I need, he's going to provide it because my gift is not just for me. It's for others. So fan them into flame and then faithfully administer them. Faithfully. That means do it well. Do it all the time. Do it consistently, right? Grow in your gift. 1 Peter 4.10 says to faithfully administer God's grace in its various forms. So if you are an encourager, get busy encouraging. I don't know where to fit. We will help you find where to fit in the body, right? Encourage in the world. Encourage in your family. But encourage in the body of Christ as well. So let me kind of wrap it up with this. Um, discovery and recognition and how, to, how you release your gift. So here's the primary way, discovery and recognition. If the body doesn't think you have a gift, you probably don't have it. I am called. Uh, we, here's an example. We had this lady who, who sang. We, we were visiting a church, and she sang a special, and it was so bad. I'm not even kidding you. It was so bad, we thought it was a joke, Karen and I. And so we're looking around like, should we laugh? But, you know, we don't know this church very well. Or are they capable of practically joking with the, new, the guy who's coming in to preach? I don't know. We're looking around. They're not kidding. This lady, and I'm telling you, this lady, she made, she made cats run away. I'm, uh, she, was, she was amazing in a million different ways. Singing was not one of them. Can I just emphasize all the, some of you guys are going, Dave, you do not have the gift of mercy. I know, I'm trying to explain, right? So we said to the pastor, he said, so how do you think it went? You know, anything you want to share? We said, yeah, you, you need to talk to the lady who's singing the specials. He's like, yeah, that's a problem. And I'm like, you think? <laughs> Right, because right? they're, they're trying to grow the church and especially try to grow their youth ministry, which is part of what we were there to help them with. And we're like, listen, you let that lady sing again. Every young person who doesn't know Jesus and many of them who do, who do will make fun of her and at some point she's going to hear them, right? And that's not going to be good for her. I said, how in the world? did He goes, well, we asked her to sing one time. We, we kept talking about, you know, it's um, <laughs> uh, what was make a joyful noise to the Lord. And, she's, and they said, we, we thought it was joyful, it's just a noise, and, um, but she's been doing it now for two years, and we don't know how to tell her she can't. I was like, you suck as leaders. I didn't say it that way. I took about two hours to say it that way. But I said, you have failed this woman. So I said, you have to tell her. And we didn't think we were going to be back, right? To their credit, that pastor took her aside and said, honey, we, we're not going to ask you to sing anymore because um, you can't sing, <laughs> right? You just can't. You can't carry a tune in a bucket. 
And, uh, and, it's, it, and what was happening is how you know whether you have a gift. If the body doesn't think you have it, you probably don't. Here's why. Because when she was singing, what was happening is the way it's, the grace gift is supposed to work is the grace flows into you, into that gift that God made you to be, and then it flows out of you to other people, right? If, you, if it's backwards, that's how you know you don't have it. So the church was having to give her grace, right? She's, and here's how you know. Southerners are really good at Aw. What do you guys say? Bless them. Bless their heart. Aw. That's grace flowing backwards right there, okay? And so to his credit as a pastor, he went and told her, and she was mad and rightfully so. Rightfully so. Now, they found a space for that lady, and she was amazing in a hundred other ways where her grace was flowing out of her into other people and not the opposite. And so part of good leadership is we come to you sometimes and go, nope, nope. <laughs> That ain't it. I'm sorry. I, I don't know who told you this, but that's not your, that is not your space at all, right? Now, maybe you just are, are growing in it. That's fine. If you're growing in your gift and it's an obvious gift, even when you do it wrong, honestly, grace will flow out of you. It, at the very least, it'll be neutral, right? But it, it, won't, it won't flow backwards. And so why that's important and why the leadership, why this discovery and recognition, part of the big way you discover is leaders around you say to you, hey, man, it's amazing. When you do this, God just, first of all, your eyes get shiny, right, because you, you're made to do this. And secondly, the grace of God flows out of you and other people. And Karen and I have this conversation with all of you guys all the time if you've been around us. We love it when you do this, right? We encourage you when you do operate in your gift. We discourage you when you start, try to operate outside of your gift, right? Outside of the blessing, the calling on God. So we do something called growth track, and in that growth track, we talk about gifts, uh, passions, seasons of life, all the ways to discover your gifts, see them in Scripture, and begin to release them. Um, and like I said, some of this is you can go and study and see, like, I think I have the gift of encouragement, but I don't know. Go study all the passages about encouragement and see if your eyes get shiny. See if that lights you up inside. You'll find out very quickly. Let me say this about leadership. My wife, for 20-something years, my wife, we would try to minister together. I was called in the ministry, so was she, right? But not just to do what I do. She has her own distinct ministry God's called her into. She's amazing in a hundred different ways, Right? We would go into churches and insecure men, especially pastors, insecure or fearful or whatever, um, would, would always have a problem with my wife. And it, they would say something along the lines, well, you know, she's, she's a strong woman and I don't know if that's biblical. Like, first of all, I don't want a weak woman. <laughs> I, I need a strong woman in my life and she's going to be mar- married to me and she needs a strong man because we, you know, the, the whole sparks flying thing, that's, that's uh, biblical, right? Iron sharpens iron. That's what happens with us. So there's nothing wrong with, with a, a woman not being, you know, big in her gifts and her strengths and all and being out front. That's not what I'm talking about at all. She was just strong, and she intimidated pastors and leaders. Part of that was she had a strong prophetic gift, and they didn't know what to do with it. So they didn't say anything to her because they wanted me, right, in the ministry. So they would just deal with Karen sometimes. It's not everybody, but some of these guys. And we showed up at Northlands. Our friends uh, up at Northlands, pastors, uh, lead a church up there. And the first day we showed up, Greg preached a message. We go to the altar because we've been dry for a long time, and he's praying over us. And he puts his hands on Karen. He says, oh, my. He said, what a strong prophetic gift God has given you. I started crying. Karen was crying. I started crying. You know why? The first time in 20-something years that a pastor saw my wife accurately. And I said, I, you know, I think I like this place. And immediately after that, I heard the Lord say, if you come here, I'll bless your family. You know why? Part of that, why he said bless your family 
Because it was going to be a place that recognized and honored and received and released the gift that was on my wife's life. And they celebrated her. Listen, if you want to know whether we love you guys or not, we left there to come here. <laughs> because that was one of the first places where we were truly celebrated as leaders and the callings and the gifts in our life. We were celebrated. We were loved. We were honored. It was amazing. And they're like, we're sorry, Dave, you have to go because God's calling you. And we're like, yep, we know. But if he's calling us away from this, where we're going is going to be even better. And in my experiences, it is, right? Why? Because what we had up there, we want to build into us because that's healthy, recognizing gifts. So we want to come and we want to honor you guys and your gifts and the callings on your life. Not everywhere, everywhere does that well. We're all growing and learning, but we try to do that well. So how do you release them? First thing is just areas of influence in your life. I kind of got these backwards, so I'll put this up. Areas of other influence. These are like the, the, the arenas of influence and culture. Family and parenting, business, education, sports, government, media, arts, entertainment. These are all what they call mountains of influence in the world. And so often the church withdraws itself from so many of these areas. Parenting and family, we love that one. We hold on to that one tight. Business, eh, that's worldly. No, it's not. Not at all worldly. That's where your gifts will shine, and, and, and it also creates the gift of giving that allows the kingdom to do some of the things it does. Education, teach them when they're sitting down, when they're getting up, when you're out, when you're in. This is all about the gifts that God puts on your life. Sports, right? Talk about influencers. Some of these guys, they say one thing, and, and kids all around America want to be like them. How much better if they're believers and they're walking their gifts? Government, obviously, all these things. But here's the, here's the biggest, one of the biggest ways, and that's using them in the church through what we call grace teams. So how does, it, how does that work? We've got different teams, finance ministry, what we call the first impressions, which is uh, right now it's greeting, but we'd love to turn that into ushers, people help people who are, need to find their spot in the church, um, um, coffee bar, things like that. I mean, making the place, usually it's the gift of hospitality, some administration, some leadership involved, because uh, Val leads that. I remembered your name, Val. Isn't that awesome? So Val leads the t- that team right now, and, and we want to grow that team to begin to... Uh, fit in all kinds of places. And I know I'm going long. I apologize, but this is important. Facility maintenance. Working on this building is people have give, been gifted, uh, gifted with craftsmanship and skills and the amazing things that they can do. Some of that's just repair the building. Some of it is stage de- decoration because this is going out online and we have to see this all the time. Just making this place, the environment better. And some of you guys, you're frustrated. You walk in, you're like, first time, you're like, why in the world do they have red chairs? Take me to coffee. I will tell you that story. <laughs> I'm not happy with red chairs. So what you see is not necessarily what we want it to be, right? Some of that is change over time, and you guys can bring a part of that. So um, prayer ministry, worship, um, production, kids' church, especially in kids' church. Production back there, uh, Jeremy is like the one-man band where he's playing all the instruments at the same time and singing, and every once in a while going and making a latte. That's what Jeremy does on a regular basis back there. He's running the soundboard. He's running live stream audio. Uh, and visual. He's, he's running the lights. He's running, he's, he's helping coordinate a uh, worship team, and he's here on, on Wednesday nights for the worship team. Jeremy's amazing, 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 but he can't do it by himself, and Jen helps, and she does all this stuff on the other side. Uh, Gay Lynn's back there sometimes. That's when the songs, the words come up, and you're like, oh, I, that's what I should sing next. That's on them. It takes away distraction if you're new, especially for new people learning worship songs. There's so much that you can do, and there's so much more we want to grow. We want a youth ministry. We, don't have, we have people come in, and they'll say, do you have a youth ministry? And we say, no, would you like to help build it? And pyong, off they go. 
right? <laughs> because they want something that's already established. And I'm like, I, I hear you, so do I. But we, that's, all of them weren't established at one point. And someone who had a heart and a vision to step in some of these areas with their gifting, leadership, maybe a passion for young people, encouragement, whatever it takes. All of these things we want to grow and we want to see God do something. So let me just finish with this. We heard, um, we've been hearing it for a while, but right, after, right in the middle of COVID, coming out of COVID, we heard the Lord say, um, it's like you're getting ready to, to, to run a race. Uh, not, we haven't been running it already, but, but there's a new one starting. And, it, and the phrase was, on your marks, get set, go. And, and on, your mark, um, on your mark was going to take some time. It's gonna, and you had a little bit of time to go find your spot, get in the launch space. But at some point, get set and go were going to happen really, really quick. And they were happening so fast that they were almost together. Right now, we're in the on your mark part. <laughs> But we are, we're expecting, and I cannot tell you how much this is true, we are expecting at any moment for that gun to go off and we take off running. And part of that means growth in our body, um, growth, people who don't know Jesus coming into and getting saved, people who want to grow in their calling and their gifts and their ministry, people who want to understand grace and what it really means to walk in the gospel of grace, people who want to walk not just in the things of the Spirit, but a mature response to the things of the Spirit. God's going to begin to send people into our lives because the foundations are, are, are getting secure, okay? So what does that mean? That means all of us have to step up to get ready. We're going to be bringing new leaders on at DCF. And you look out and you're like, how, you don't need new leaders. I mean, how many you got now? I mean, there's not that many people. In, in, we're not getting leaders for you guys. We're getting leaders from you guys. Because <laughs> most of you guys are mature believers, right? And you're ready to step into this leadership role. Why? Because we want to gear up our leadership team to be ready for when we explode in growth. Now, that means change is coming. So if you don't like change... Learn to like change because <laughs> it's coming. It's just coming. But part of that is the only way we can do this is if you faithfully administer the gift that God has given you. You serve. You bring your strength to us. We will honor it as leaders. We are going to do the best job we can of coming alongside you and going, man, we, we love this in you. We think this is awesome. Maybe you're frustrated and you're looking at our church going, man, how come they don't have this and how come they don't have this and how come they don't have that? And part of the reason for that is if we don't have a leader, we don't start it. And the reason we don't start it is because oftentimes we start it, there's no one who can bring their strength, no one whose who's passion is for it, and so it's not sustainable and it falls away and it makes it harder to start the next time. People who start into a gift and go, I decided not to do this because Dave made me mad or you know, one of the leaders made me mad or whatever because I don't know how to get along with my brothers and sisters, right? Um, that's also not helpful and that happens sometimes. My challenge to you is simply this. God did not call you to sit in a church where other leaders show you how powerful their gift is. I'm a great swordsman. Look at my sword. Woo, woo. God called you to wield the sword. The role that I play and our leaders in our church play is to equip you for the service of your ministry in context of this calling and the vision of this house. And that is we transform lives. That's what we're about. We're not about just going, oh, look how, how sweet that was. Somebody moved in prophecy. We see lives transformed, right, by encountering grace, understanding the gospel. Stop trying to live up to a standard that you were never meant to live up to. The standard was to show you you needed someone to save you, right? You needed a Savior. So walking in grace and understanding, and lastly, to walk in the things of the Spirit, mature response to the spiritual gifts. And the manifestation gifts are all kinds of fun spiritual gifts, right? But they're only one set of three sets of gifts that we're all supposed to be operating in in some form or fashion. So I want to pray for us. 
And as we go away again, I apologize for going long, but we had to set the, the foundations as we go forward for you guys, also for anybody who's watching online. We want to encourage you. If you have a frustration, you see something that needs to, to, to you know, occur in our, in our meetings and our times together, like, man, how come we don't have this ministry? How come we're not doing this? Man, we could do this better. We hear you, and we would love to hear your input. input. I'm not making that up. We really want to hear it. If you feel a calling into us as a church, into this vision that we have, and you feel that this is also the vision God's given you, run with us as leaders. We will encourage you. We will lift you up. We will recognize your gift. We'll honor it. We'll give it room and give it space. We'll do everything we can to finance what God is bringing in because the, the provision is for the vision. So if you're trying to do something outside the vision of God, there's not a lot we can do. But if you're doing something that's connected to the vision of this house and it's part of who God's called you to be and maybe it's something we're not doing at all right now, would you come talk to me or one of the leaders and let us figure out how we can take the gift that is upon your life and use it to go out into this into this area, into this region, into the city, and see people who don't know Jesus come to know who he is, and see people who are Christians find joy in their walk with him. Amen? Would you stand with me? Jesus, thank you so much for your calling on our life. Thank you, Lord, for uh, understanding this, Lord. So often I, I remember not understanding how it worked and didn't know how to even begin. Lord, would you just encourage everyone in this room, first of all, to recognize, Lord, that you have gifted them with so many amazing gifts, Lord, and that we want to celebrate and honor them, Lord. We want to help them come to maturity in that gift to fully release it and walk not just in the inheritance that you've given them, Lord, but to release your inheritance through them into other people. And so, Jesus, that's our heart and our passion. I pray that you would raise that up inside our hearts, Lord, and that we would step out in this new season and run this race amazingly well, this vision that's been given to us. That we would run it with power, Lord. We'd run it with wisdom. we run it with maturity, Lord, but we would see the impact you meant for this city to see. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you need prayer this morning, our team will be up here. would love to pray for you. If you're online, just click on dothancf.com. Go there and uh, click on the button that says prayer, and we'll pray for you guys as well. We love you guys. Have a wonderful week.